What's up, everybody? I hope you're doing great and having a wonderful weekend. I hope you had an awesome New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. My name is Aaron Olinsky. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace Church, and I'm so glad that you're here. This is an incredible time. This is the first Sunday of 2020, new decade, new year. Amazing. It just is a great time for you, for our church, just in life. And so we're launching out on a brand new series that will cover this whole entire month uh, over the next four Sundays, and we're calling it What If. Like, what if? You ever think like that? What if? What are the possibilities? What could be amazing? So the, the, the reason we want to start out with this in the new year is what if this could be the best year of your life ever? Like, so far, what if this year, what if 2020 could literally be your best year so far? Like, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Maybe some of you are going, 2019 was pretty good. 2019 was amazing. 2019 was my best year. What if 2020 is even better and more amazing than any year that you've been alive so far? Like, that, that's what we're going after. That's what we're, you know, pursuing after, just having that mindset, that understanding. So let me just ask you, like, what would have to happen in order for this to be the best year ever? If you were to think, you know, what, what would have to happen? And, and some of us were, were financially minded or were business-minded. And we're like, oh, if I made more money, if my business did well, if I had more profits and, you know, like had a greater compensation, more money, like that would be amazing. Or if you got to buy the car of your dreams or buy your first home, maybe you're a new young family and you're going, if we bought our first home in 2020, that would be amazing. It'd be the best thing ever. Or maybe you're, you're a young married couple and you don't yet have kids and you're going, if we had our first kid, like that would be incredible. It'd be awesome. Amazing. Maybe it'd be something else for you in your life. But, but what? What would it be? Like, what would it be to determine like, that this would be the best year ever? And I know for me, uh, last year was a great year, but I, I had a lot of ups and downs as I went throughout the year. And I kind of call, I'm calling last year my year of adventure. Uh, just a year of adventure. There was so many adventurous things that went on, uh, a lot of ups and downs that I experienced. But one of the things that I just wanted to share, like I experienced a lot of personal breakthrough in my life. I just, I just did. When I look at last year and I evaluate and I rank, I had significant things happen for me personally that God just revealed and kind of peeling back layers in my life, exposing things in me. And, and, and when you think about it, isn't that the case for every single one of us? Where if, if we go through ups and downs and experience those struggles, it's usually the times that are really, really difficult that we appreciate the most, right? Because we had to work hard through it. We, we got, we, some things were revealed. There were some struggles along the way, some battles. And so we appreciate it the most because of that. And I absolutely believe that that is true in our spiritual life as well. Usually, we experience the greatest amount of spiritual growth because of the challenges that we've overcome. Isn't that so true? Like God will take us through certain things and situations and he'll challenge us spiritually to dive into him, to be desperate for him, to long for him more than ever. And we need him in that situation. And so because of that, our spiritual lives grow. And so 2020 will have some struggles. It's just reality. Like, that's the way our life is. It's like up and down, month by month, week by week, sometimes day by day. That's just reality for us, you know, those ups and downs. But what if this year could be the best year ever that you've experienced? 
And so that's what we're believing for. That's why we're taking a step out and, and, and doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, you've heard about that multiple times already this morning. And so if this is new for you, like we just want to introduce some things to you. Prayer and fasting is, is a part of who we are, like as a church, uh, if you follow after Jesus, like it should be part of our life. In fact, Jesus said very clearly in scripture, when you fast. So, so it wasn't if you fast, it was when. So Jesus declares that that needs to be a spiritual discipline that you and I take and adopt into our lives. And so maybe you've never fasted before. Well, it's time. Like today's the first day we're doing 21 days. So it's January 5th through Saturday, January 26th. And we'll all break our fast together on Sunday, January 27th, which will be amazing. We're going to celebrate our 10th birthday as a church on that day. So it's going to be great and amazing. But if you've never fasted before or you've fasted in different areas, I want to challenge you to fast in maybe a more challenging way. Right? Sometimes people go, oh, I, I want to fa- fast from social media or this particular thing or sugar. And those are great. If you need to do that, that's awesome. I get it. But if you've never fasted from food and you physically are able to do that, I want to challenge you as your pastor to, to say, hey, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast from one meal a day. Uh, for, for three or four days or five days a week, or uh, I'm going to fast for one whole day. Uh, and, and so like, you can pick one day out of the week, or maybe you, you pick two days. There is even a man who, who was talking to Jesus. He said, I fast for two days you know, out of the week. So maybe that's it for you. Maybe you decide to do three days in a row. Like, I don't know what it looks like for you, but when they talk about fasting in scripture, it often is associated to food. Uh, and not eating food, or eating certain types of food, eliminating certain types of food. So that's just a reality we've got to understand. You know? And so what that is, is that, that draws our physical body to a place of desiring and longing and surrender before the Lord. So I just want to encourage you, maybe you, you, you do that and, and, and launch out in a different way, because today, you know, we want to talk about what if, like what if this could be the best year ever? And so today I want to focus on the aspect of our faith. What if this year our faith could grow exponentially more than we ever thought was possible. Because God, like in all of his goodness, he has given us the ability to grow in our faith. In all of God's goodness, in his mercy, in his love for us, in his power, what he's done is he has enabled you and I to grow in our faith. And the way that he's done that is he has given us his divine nature. Like God's divine nature is inside of us. When we put our faith in Jesus, we literally receive the power of the Holy Spirit. We, God breathes it in us. So his divinity, his power is inside of us. And so when you look at the cross, the cross is enough, right? It's enough. Jesus' death and resurrection is incredible. But God gives us even more. Like he gives us the ability to have faith that we can overcome things in our life. And we need that time and time again, the the struggles and the battles that we face, we can have the victory that God allows for us. And the things that we look at and recognize, that's what he wants to put in our life. And so he wants to grow our faith. And so this morning, as part of this message, uh, I'm going to be diving into uh, the, the second book of Peter. It's a letter that Peter wrote. Maybe you've heard of Peter before. He was one of the disciples. Uh, so Jesus had 12 disciples. Peter was one of them. And so after he was a disciple, after the death and resurrection of Jesus, Peter becomes a pastor. He becomes a leader in the early church and is really a strong personality. Uh, he would often say very direct things. He was very confrontive uh, with things that were going on, and God used him 
in incredible ways. I mean, the whole, he was full of the Spirit, and, and, and the Lord just used him to, to bring healing and restoration and salvation. So he's an incredible leader in the church and in the community, and he wrote multiple letters. So you have 1 Peter and you have 2 Peter. So what we're going to do is we're going to dive into 2 Peter as Peter writes a letter to the churches and the followers of Christ. You and I get to read this as well. So this is 2 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 5. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone." And so when you look at these verses, Peter is laying eight different things out there, right? He's saying these are eight different areas where your faith can grow. So we're going to dive into every single one of these and talk about them because we want our spiritual life and our faith to grow. And so the first one he gives right out of the bat, right out of the bat is, is faith. And so what this is, is, is faith in, in believing who God is. And this is the foundation for those of us who believe in God, for those of us who follow after Christ and have the Holy Spirit, that faith is, is, is what we need in, in everyday life. I know for me, uh, I need faith when I'm in the passenger side of the vehicle and my 15-year-old son is driving the vehicle. Like, I need faith at different times. He's a great young man, great driver, but there's different times when my faith is stretched and challenged. Like when we're coming up to the stop sign and there's that big red sign and, and the big white line and I want that brake to be on my side where I'm like, he's not pushing it soon enough. He's not pushing it hard enough and I want to push it down. And for those of you that have a 15-year-old or, or older and you taught them how to drive, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if your child is 14, just wait. Just wait. You'll know faith, what that is when you put them behind the wheel. And so that's kind of an everyday thing, right? And, and that we experience and God works in those amazing ways. But when we talk about faith, spiritual faith, talk, believing that Jesus is real, that God is real, that Jesus is God's son. That, like that's so important in our lives that we've got to recognize uh, and, and have faith. So even though we don't see God, right? Even though we don't see him in who he is, we see the evidence of him as our father, as our dad, as our Lord. There's times when we feel his presence. And many of you, you've felt God. You've experienced his presence and his spirit. Like you, you just are going, I don't know what that is. And then you become aware that God is working in incredible ways. Some of you have experienced that in very tangible ways where he's worked through you. You've experienced healings and miracles. You've prayed for people that have experienced those things. And the power of the Holy Spirit has worked through you. Or maybe you experience God through love, like loving others. You feel his love as a dad, and you're able to give that love towards other people. It's incredible and amazing. So we experience faith in God in different ways. It's a it's, uh, it's wonderful thing. And so we can have that 
in our lives. And that's what Peter starts out. So then just diving into these verses, he talks about faith, but then he also talks about character, but he words a little bit differently than you and I would. So in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, he says, supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. I don't know if Peter was wanting to like expound it on his vocabulary a little bit, but to me, I look at this and this is a lot of character. You know, this is a generous provision of moral excellence. It just kind of rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? So this is a lot of character. And the reason we, he's talking about this, and we've got to talk about it, because we're talking about a new decade, a new year, and every single time that God takes us into new territory, he must develop our character before we get there. Like, this is such a big deal. This is so important, because the person that we are right now cannot sustain us as we move into this new year. It's not going to work because of the new things that God is going to take us through, the areas where we're going to see victory, the areas where we're going to overcome, the struggles that we're going to work through. We can't be the same person and move in that direction. So before we get there, God does something in us. And some of you are in that right now. You're going, God, why am I dealing with this? God, what, what's... So he is working on your character now because of where he wants to take you. And so I hope that that's encouraging to you because it needs to be in our life because it's amazing what God will reveal. Because I've heard so many stories that are bad and negative. It's just story after story. The, the details change a little bit, but it sounds a little bit something like this where you meet somebody and they're talented, they're smart. It's this young entrepreneur or they're starting their own business and they just have a lot of tenacity and, and they're just loving life and they're going after it and, and they're doing all this stuff. They're working hard, right? They're doing all that they need to. And then they experience some success. And it's amazing. They're celebrating some, some increase in, in, in revenue or you know, just, just in relationships and networking. And, and they have a voice now and a platform. And people are listening to them. They have some influence. And then they get to this place where it just is so much success that they can't handle it. All of a sudden, you look at their life and they begin to just spiral out of control where they begin to make decisions that are, are questionable, even immoral where they just, that you can see the pressure is mounting on their shoulders and they're letting it build and it's just pressing them, it's overwhelming them and it becomes so destructive in their life. And they get to this point where they can't cope. They experience more success than what they were prepared for. And, and we see this just kind of unfold, like all these dominoes, all this just collateral damage that just fall in, in, along the wayside. And, and oftentimes, the, a lot of it is relationships where they burn a lot of bridges. We say things we don't mean. We, we get angry or harsh towards those that are closest to us. If we're married, it, it, even with our spouse, like we just, we just lash out at them and, and, and just our marriage begins to struggle because of what we're, we're going through or, or just our kids, we say things that we don't mean and just all the relationships around us just to begin to corrode because of the pressure, the success that brought us to this place that we weren't really ready for. And so let me ask you a very thought-provoking question. What character flaws in your life right now do you need to address? If you were to look at your life and you look at 2020 and you go, what if this is the best year ever? 
okay, that's amazing. That's what we're believing for. So if God were to take you in a new place, you're going to have to make some changes and adjustments. What are they in your character? Maybe it's, maybe you lie a little bit, right? You're just one of those people. You, you don't lie a lot. You don't tell big lies, but you know, you embellish a little bit. You kind of adjust things, you know, like as it kind of fits good. It feels good. Maybe you lie a little bit. Maybe you're not a person of your word. Maybe you say things and you put them out there and, and it's just, you know, people have kind of come to know that you may follow through or you may not. Uh, you just are developing a little bit of that reputation. Or maybe you're, you cheat when you can. You find those corners that you can cut or, you, you know, adjust and fudge on the edges and, and kind of cheat, cheat you know, when, when the opportunity presents itself. And so God does not want us to remain in that place. So Peter says very clearly, you've got to grow in your faith. You've got to grow in your character. And the third thing that he talks about in that passage that we read is knowledge. So in talking about knowledge and understanding, right, this is growth and just, and we have incredible opportunities to grow in knowledge, uh, just understanding God's word and, and all the resources that are out there. So we need to have this pursuit after growth in spiritual knowledge that God allows us to have that we can experience. And so let me ask you, what steps have you taken to grow spiritually? Like what steps have you taken this past week in this new year? What steps have you taken this past month? How would you rank yourself last year on your spiritual growth? Like what kind of score would you give yourself? So we need to have that. You know, one of the things that I'm so proud of my wife for last year in 2019, uh, she, she set out to read the Bible in one year. Uh, which is great. It's like, it's like several chapters every single day. And she was so disciplined and determined to do it. It's so like she would read and read and, and, and she would make time. She would make sure that it was carved out and she would do it. So, and, and then there were certain days where she couldn't do it. So then she would double up and, and catch up. And then if we were going to go do something or go on vacation or take a day off, the, the day before that, she would read extra so that she didn't fall too far behind. It was impressive. I'm so proud of her for doing it. I know the first time I read through the Bible, it took me two and a half years. So I'm like, you read it in a year. Like, that's incredible, amazing. And, and so maybe that's it. Maybe that's for you. Maybe say, I, I need to do that. Like, I need to dive into God's word and just let it saturate me and my mind and, and who I am and my soul. And I need that in my life. Maybe that's something for you. I know one of the resources that we give, and we talk about this often uh, because it's so good, and, and we wouldn't talk about it this much if it wasn't that good. It's our soap guide. Uh, you need to be soaping, like reading scripture and writing down you know, the application of it where it comes out, where you can not only just understand the knowledge, but see and experience that in our lives. Like That's something we've got to be jotting down and, and recording. So there's a lot of ways we can grow in our knowledge. One of them is here on Sundays. I mean, you're here. We're talking about God's word. We're, we're talking about the, the different eight elements that Peter gives to us. So like being here on Sundays is extremely important. And then I would encourage you to, to even be listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos of pastors and preachers and leaders and, and continuing to grow. Like that's amazing. We, wa we have so many just media resources out there. We have to be receiving them spiritually, right? That, that's, that's so important in our lives. And so, but one little caution I would give to you is just be careful who you're listening to or watching. Uh, so even though they might have the right intent and heart, their spirit behind what they're doing might not exactly line up with scripture. And so we have to be smart about that. God even talks about that in his word, that we've got to compare and understand and know the word and know what's right. And understand. So even though you may listen to somebody and they say something and it's thought-provoking to you, that doesn't mean we automatically adopt it into our lives. 
We've got to look at it and, and understand the context of what God is communicating in his word. So they might have the right heart and intention, but the spirit is not exactly lining up. It's a little bit different. Uh, so we have to be aware of that. And so we need knowledge, right? Faith, character, knowledge. The fourth thing that Peter talked about is self-control. And one of the things that's interesting about self-control is a person that has lots of knowledge but lacks self-control is dangerous. Like they're very dangerous in their life and how they go about life and the influence that they have if they lack self-control. So in order to move forward in this 2020 and for this to be the best year ever, we're not going to be able to do the same things like we're not, we're not, like something's going to have to change about us and who we are. We can't do everything the same anymore because of the new destinations and, and the higher mountaintops that we're going to get to and the lower valleys that we may, may struggle through. We can't do things the same. So we've got to grow and expand. And usually what that means is we'll have to sacrifice. I mean, for every single one of us, if we've experienced some growth or success in our life, Almost all of us have had to sacrifice to get there. We've had to sacrifice something, whether it's time or money or resources, something like go back to school, like, that, like we've had to sacrifice to get to that place. And anytime you talk about New Year's, like a lot of people come up with New Year's goals and New Year's resolutions and, you know, want to identify some of the, the successful habits that successful people do and what do they not do. And, and so I, I, I looked at, you know, just did some research because I was curious, you know, what's new and what's up to date out there. And so I just was looking at some different things and just some general ones that I found is oftentimes successful people have this ability to see the big picture, but understand that the details have to be accomplished in order to, to, to get the big picture for those goals to be achieved. And, and, and oftentimes successful people will set big goals, but recognize that they've got to focus in order to accomplish that big goal. One of the other ones that we often hear is, you know, people that are successful, they've had to overcome oftentimes big barriers and they didn't give up. That's what's incredible about successful people when you hear their story. Like they did not give up and they continued to push on and push forward. And the reason they were able to do that is because they lived disciplined lives. Like there were things that they did and things that they did not do. That they understood the importance of exercise. They understood the importance of eating right, understood the importance of resting and taking vacation, taking time off to recoup and rejuvenate. And so the reason those are there is that that's discipline. That's like, that's self-control. And for those of us that follow Jesus, we understand discipline means a disciple. That's what we are. We're to live self-controlled lives and how we're to do that. So those things that I give about a successful person, those are great, right? We get that and we understand. But what about a godly successful person? I would say we still have all those same things, but the difference is it's the first thing. It's that above all else, we seek God's kingdom first. I mean, all the goals and the perseverance, like that's great and amazing, but we do it because God is number one in our life and we reflect that in everything that we do and we honor him and we give him glory. And so, so many times, you know, when you talk about self-control and sacrifice, we feel like we're missing out on something. 
oh, like I can't do that now, and like, oh, poor me. You know, if, if I want to cut back on sugar, I have to eliminate some desserts and that type of thing. It's like, oh, man, I'm missing out on dessert. Like, that's a bummer. We feel, but the, but the reality is, is when you and I show self-control and we have it in our life and we, we have discipline, I believe that God can take us to new directions and new spots, and he reveals more. Right? I've talked about that. And so what if, through our self-control, the power of the Holy Spirit came more and more in our life because of the things that we were eliminating and the things that we were bringing in to this new year in this new direction? And I would even dare say, in this new direction, we can accomplish even more than we thought that was possible because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And so for those of you that are goal setters, I want to even challenge you and say that your goal is not big enough. If you are not completely reliant upon God in the goals that you have set, it's not big enough. It needs to be bigger and pursue after God desperately that he would show and do his amazingness as we display self-control in pursuing after it. The fifth one that Peter shares with us is perseverance. Uh, and so this is, we need this in our lives. Uh, I, I feel like so many times we're just weak and we give up too easily. You know, there's things that if we recognize they're wrong, then they, we need to eliminate them, right? And we need to pursue after the Lord. But there's times when we need to push through. It's like we need to put our work boots on and, and push forward. And so when we experience those difficulties and challenges, and we will, it's, it's inevitable. We continue to push forward and push through. And so we've got to do that because we will fight for things that are important to us. The things that we see as valuable, we will put time and effort and money and resources, all that we can, into that thing. And so I absolutely believe in our spiritual lives, we can have this perseverance to see God's kingdom advance, to see us like share Jesus with other people that are around us, to experience the victory that Jesus gives to us. He even talks about this in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, I've told you that all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And so Jesus is the one that gives us the victory in our life. And so as you're moving forward in 2020 and setting your goals, that perseverance should be one of the things that we have in our mind. And we experience this victory because we have the spiritual perspective on what God is taking us through because of where we're going. And we're willing to pay the price and persevere. And the sixth thing that Peter talked about in those verses is godliness. And godliness just simply is looking more like God. You know, that there's no other way to put it where we kind of reflect him, where we're like a mirror of his image. And so at, at, at the time, you know, that, that all of this comes into fruition is that we have to realize that we are living like Christ. We are becoming more like him. And so, you know, one of the times that Jesus reflected his godliness, he revealed this in his life was when he took Peter, James, and John up onto a mountaintop. When we read it in scripture, we understand it as the Mount of Transfiguration. And so what this is, is Jesus reveals his deity. He reveals his glory in who he is to these three men, which is amazing and incredible. He reveals his godliness. And so let's take a quick look at that in Matthew chapter 17, verse two. 
It says, as the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. And so this is why you and I make reference to mountaintop experiences. Jesus took these three men on top of the mountain, and then all of a sudden he kind of peels back his humanness, reveals his deity, his godliness, and it's incredible. It's overwhelming. Maybe you've had a mountaintop experience before. Maybe you have. Like, if you go back, when has that happened? Maybe you were on a retreat or at a conference, or you were desperate for the Lord. You were going after him. Maybe it was part of prayer and fasting, but you you experience God in this incredible way where he speaks to you. You feel his presence. It's tangible. It's undeniable for you. A mountaintop experience. That's incredible. And we love it. And Peter did too. In in two verses later, in verse 4, Peter exclaimed, Lord, it's wonderful for us to be here. Absolutely. Like I've had mountaintop experiences before and I'm going, this is amazing. This is incredible. God, I love this. I love encountering you in this way. And oftentimes when we have those mountaintop experiences, it changes us, doesn't it? It's life altering where now we just, we think differently or feel differently or our spiritual life just seems to boost forward or we've overcome in a particular area. But the thing that's interesting about mountaintop experiences, as much as I love them, and I hope that you've had one, if you haven't, you need to put yourself in a place where you can experience that, where you surround yourself you know, with, with God's worship and prayer and, and where you can encounter him in, in, a, in an incredible way. But the thing that's interesting about the mountaintop experience, we cannot fulfill our destiny on the mountaintop. That's not the way that we're designed. We get to have them we get to see Jesus in all of his glory, and that, I love that. But we don't get to stay on top of the mountain. Like even when, when Peter was like, hey, we all need to stay up here. Like this is a great, let's build houses on top here. And, and, and Jesus was like, no, <laughs> like no, we're not going to do that. So the whole idea is you, we go on top of the mountaintop, but we come back down. We come back down into normal life. In, in, into the, our life that we experience in our workplace, in our family, in our community. We come back here. Why? Because then our godliness is reflected for other people to see. We have this divine encounter that now is shared with others. And that's a, what's amazing. That's how our destiny is accomplished by showing the love of Christ, showing the godliness towards others. And that brings us to our seventh point that Peter talked about, and that's relationships. That's every single person around us. I mean, when you look at this long list that Peter laid out, right? He said faith and, and, and moral perso- uh, morality and, and character and, 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 and growth. And like he lays out all these things. And, and you know what he puts in there? Relationships. One of the eight areas where our faith should grow is relationships, our need for each other. It's hugely important. And so that's why for us here at Grace Church, that's why we talk about connection groups so much. You need a connection group. Like you need it. We need each other. I mean, the, the, the victories that we experience in life, they're meant to be shared with other people. The struggles that we're encountering, we're not meant to deal with those alone. 
That's not the way that God designed us. We need one another. So we have so many different types of connection groups that you can sign up for in this spring semester. The signups come on, on Sunday, January 19th, and I'd encourage you to sign up for one. And if you've not yet taken a freedom group, that, that's, your, that's your connection group. We want everybody to go through a freedom group. Like that, that's what we need. That's what we experience. We have to have that in our life where we can have the freedom that God gives to us. Because relationships are one of the most important catalysts that we will experience. It's just the reality. Because if our relationships are struggling, it affects everything in our life, doesn't it? If my marriage is not at the place that it should be, like I can't shake that. I'm thinking about it. I'm feeling it. Like I, I can't do the things that I need to at work. Like it just, it affects everything. So the relationships that we have affect every area of our life. And when we have other people alongside of us that are encouraging us, or maybe they're behind us, pushing us forward. Maybe they're challenging us. Maybe there's, there's a friendship that you have and, and, and they, they see more in you. And you know what they need to do? <clears throat> And to shove us forward, to, to push us. I mean, the, the only a person that we know and love and trust can do that. And maybe it's a person that's holding us accountable, different things that we deal with. I mean, that's, these relationships are so big. Our lives are enriched by the relationships around us. And the eighth thing that Peter touched on is love. And this is backed up in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. It says, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And Jesus showed us this as well in Mark 12, verse 31. He tells us to love our neighbor as ourself. And so what does that look like for you? If this area of our faith needs to grow and love in action needs to grow, what does that look like for you? I know we have so many opportunities to share the love of Christ and show the love and, and wear love out. And I mean, so many opportunities. I know one of the stories I wanted to share with you was from just a few months ago uh, where, where uh, hurricane, the Hurricane Dorian was coming and so many people were getting ready and stuff. And so the, the week before, you know, I have some trees in my yard. And so we were trimming trees and cutting stuff down so things wouldn't get blown. And, and so the week before all that, though, my neighbor had trimmed uh, his, his two big oak trees in the front. And so there, there was this huge pile, like a tunnel of branches and, and all of a sudden we're going, all right, like, what does this work? So for me, I have a truck. So all of my branches in my yard, I was able to, to take them and haul them off and deal with them. But my neighbor had this, this whole like bunch of branches there. And it's like, what are you going to do with all those? And so we, I got up all the free labor that I have in my house, my three sons, and, like, and, and, I, and I suckered a neighbor in too. And I was like, hey, we've got to go help this guy. And so like, it, took, it took us a long time to load up all these branches and haul them off, truck, truckload after truckload, and, and to, to get it out. And, because that's what we do. That's what love looks like. You know, I can't just you know, look at his pile and be like, oh, man, that's too bad for him. Like, I hope he figures it out. No. Like, he's part of my life. I mean, it literally is loving, loving my neighbor as myself. And so where in your life, where, where does that apply? You know, how can you implement that? Maybe you've been a little bit judgmental or a little bit critical towards those that are closest to you. And maybe that needs to change. Maybe we just need to adjust that. 
So when you look at this list of eight, and here's the list, right? Faith, character, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, relationships, love. Where of those eight do you need to grow the most? Maybe there's two of them. That when you look at this particular one, you go, oh man, I just, I struggle in the area of self-control when it comes to alcoholic. I just, it happens time and time again. Like, what is it? There's so many examples. These are, this is an incredible list of eight things. Where is it that you would rate yourself? Where is it that you would need to grow? And this needs to be one of your goals. This is the new territory that God has taken you in because he wants to change you. Where he's taking you, you can't remain the same in this area. You can't. And so he's bringing it right now, showing it, revealing it to you in his word. And here's why. It's 2 Peter chapter 2, continues in verse 8. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Do these eight things and you will not be shaken. You will not stumble. You will not face the struggle the battle or the trial and give up, but you will push through. And the reason why is so God can be glorified because of Jesus in our life. And so this is an eight step formula to show our steadfastness in Christ. Like we need this. This is incredible. And so what I want you to do right now, everybody here in the auditorium, like you identified one or two of these out of this list that you need. And so go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes and let's begin to pray. Let's begin to think about that. Let's begin to go before the Lord. I don't know what it is for you. You know, maybe it's your faith. Maybe your faith is too small and you're going, God, stretch my faith. Give me bold faith. Maybe it's knowledge. Maybe you need to begin reading some books about spiritual discipline and spiritual growth and be discipled. Maybe it's godliness and reflecting that towards others or, or love. Or, I don't know what it is, but it's something. What are those things that God wants to speak and show? And so let's talk to him right now about what that is. God, through your Holy Spirit, would you communicate where we need to grow and how? Lord, show us those particulars. We don't want to stay the same, but we want to be changed and new. And while everybody stays in this attitude of prayer, oh, I just I want to take a moment right now and just say, for some of you, the first step is to put Jesus as back at number one in your life or to make him number one in your life for the first time. And the reason that that's so important is this list of eight things is fantastic. But if the goal is not because of Jesus, then you're not on track like right out of the gate. And for some of you, that may mean that right now, the biggest decision that you make in 2020 is to commit your life to Christ. Where you say, you know what? I believe in Jesus. I know that I need him. 
And so I want to be desperate for him. And you put Jesus as the number one person in your life. Or maybe you look at your life and you know that you need to recommit to Christ. Maybe you look at your 2019 and you go, oh, not so good in spiritual life. And so you need to recommit and you know it. And so if that's you, where you know you need to commit your life to Christ or recommit, if you would do me a favor and just go ahead and slip your hand up in the air. Nobody's looking around. I've asked everybody to have their eyes closed and head bowed. Yeah, thank you so much. Go ahead and slip it up. For the only reason we do this is just so I can see it. This is a connection between you and God where you say, you know what, that's me. Because if you want somebody's attention, you raise your hand, right? We put our hand up and we're like, hey, I need your help. I'm here, I need your attention. So what that is, is that's you and I just acknowledging to God, God, we need you. We're desperate for you. Jesus, come right now. And for those of you that put your hand up, I'm going to pray. And maybe you pray along with me. Maybe you repeat the prayer that I say. Just, but believe it in your heart. And God sees your heart and he knows your intent. So maybe you say something like, God, I'm desperate for you. I'm longing for you. Jesus, I know that you're God's son. And right now, I put my faith in you, that you would come into my life, that you would change me. I'm tired of trying things on my own. I'm tired of all the shame and the guilt that I've been carrying along the way. And I want all that to change. And I know that you can do it. So would you please forgive me for everything that I've ever done? Would you give me a new, fresh start? a new beginning. I surrender my heart to you. I surrender my life to you. And I commit to follow you every single day from this day forward. And so, Father, we thank you so much for that and we honor you. Lord, I pray blessings on every single person here in the auditorium, every person that's listening. God, would you just pour out your spirit in an incredible way. Lord, reveal and show and speak, empower us. Lord, I pray for this 2020, this year, as it unfolds, and we look forward to it with excitement. Lord, what you're going to do, it's going to be amazing and incredible. We're so excited, and we can't wait to see how it's going to unfold. But Lord, we know we need you. Would you reveal your power and authority? And Father, I also pray for us as a church and for our community, Lord, as we launch out on prayer and fasting this 21 days, would you do something supernatural? Would your grace on top of grace be poured out as we deny ourselves, as we sacrifice, as we push things aside, and we come relentlessly before you? Would you show your power and authority that you would be glorified? In Jesus' name, 